your go-to place for all the latest news from the Carolina Clash, Ultimate Late Models, SCDRA, and the Carolina Sprint Tour. This is Doing What John Dirt. Hey everybody, this is Evan, and welcome back to another episode of Doing What John Dirt. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Dan Stone and previewing the Firecracker with him. And then later in the episode, we'll be talking to Michael and then going over all the other racing in the Carolinas that went on. Uh, before we do that, I just want to send out my prayers and well wishes to Scott Bloomquist. Uh, he was supposed to have an appearance today, and I'm trying to think of who's, uh, who it was. The post video saying that he was going into surgery today and has uh, some form of cancer. I believe they caught it pretty early on, which is good, but uh, everybody loves Bloomer, and if you don't, uh, you definitely became, if you weren't a Bloomer fan before, you definitely became a fan over the years. He's one of the best personalities in the sport and definitely one of the goats of dirt lamb all racing and all racing in general. And uh, we just know he's going to kick ass and get through it. And uh, we love you, Bloomer. But yeah, we're going to talk to Michael. We're going to talk to Dan. Uh, Michael's going to be after Dan. Awesome to learn more about him. I've just always seen him at Firecracker every year and wanted to learn more about him. And then we're going to be going over the big weekend. We had a late model flip into the infield at Cherokee. A hostage situation staying at the track till 3.30 at Fayetteville. Uh, SEDRA's uh, having some new rules and some new uh, new little division things going to be coming up. Uh, they have an event this weekend. Clash is running. Carolina Sprint Tour. Everybody's running this weekend. But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the interviews and talks with Dan and Michael talking about the firecracker. And I will see you guys in a little bit. Today's guest is the driver of the Superduce Racing number two from Thompson, Pennsylvania. He is a regular up in the Pennsylvania late model racing scene. Dan Stone, how you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We got the Firecracker 100 coming up this weekend at Lernerville, and you're one of the faces that's always up there and in the late model scene of Pennsylvania. I'm I'm more of a Carolina late model and sprint car guy down here. Uh, cover that, but Lernerville is a track I get to at least once a year for that event. To, just enjoy it, and uh, it always puts on some great race, and I don't think I've ever been too, too disappointed at Lernerville, but uh, you've always been a guy I've seen around. Actually, the first time I saw you was, I believe it was my first ever uh, Super Late Model race a few years ago. Uh, you were in a heat race and ended up getting uh, turned over, and I did a little barrel roll in turn one and two, and that was the first time I think I ever saw Dan Stone, so <laughs> I think that's the first time I ever remember seeing you. Yeah, I remember that. I think, uh, I think Chris Madden kept me from tipping all the way over uh un yeah. unfortunately for his car uh <laughs> yeah yeah that was uh that was that was a few years ago uh but uh yeah Lernerville is always always pretty good it's a it's a nice facility it's it's a good spot for for handling as many fans as they seem to get there mm -hmm. um lots of camping lots of lots of parking and uh lots of grandstands and and most of the time they're pretty packed yeah, it, especially as for, for their big events for a late mall show or their sprint car shows later in the year. But it seems like they just keep adding more and more when it comes to that camping and uh, viewing spots. Uh, they added that whole new area off of Turn 1 and 2 in the last couple of years. And uh, it feels like they just have to add more camping spots out in the out in front of the track every year. But, yeah, I enjoy the event every year. But uh, talking about you for a couple minutes, uh, how did you really get started in racing and uh, why did you end up being in a late model? Well, my, my, my father raced, um, he started, he, he raced a long time ago before I was born. And then probably when I was born, that ruined that. But, uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, started racing again in uh, 1990 and he got into the late model class 
And uh, back then the cars were pretty primitive. Uh, and he, he raced for, he, he won a lot of races and ran real good. And then in uh, 94, I was 16. So I got one of his old cars and I started racing. And uh, I, I mean, I was pretty hooked. Even when he started racing, I was, I was pretty young, but I always wanted to be on the crew and everything. And back then the, the tracks didn't even let you in unless you were 12. Yeah. Uh, so the first couple of years, I couldn't even go into pits, but I got to work on it in the garage and stuff, and I was pretty hooked. That's pretty awesome. Uh, what type of tracks was it back? Uh, was it back then you were going to with your dad, and then what type of tracks was it when you started racing at sixteen? Yeah, it was uh, all the tracks around here um, had late models back then. We used to go to Pencan every Friday night, and either Skyline, and then later on they they built Thunder Mountain Speedway up in New York. And uh, those tracks were all like a you know quarter mile, three eighths mile, semi bank tracks. Um, we you know we had a lot of success, we had a lot of fun. But then the big block modifieds are are the popular thing up here, mm. and uh, they started a sportsman modified division, and that kind of uh, anybody that really wanted to eventually end up in big block modifieds went to the sportsman instead of late model out of street stocks because you know that it, it was it was the direction they were headed anyway so they were would already have the right car and stuff so the late models just slowly dwindled and uh we started traveling like to sealands grove and clinton county and port royal hagerstown um and, and it's funny really because uh even when I first started racing, I, I didn't really know what existed out of our little world here. You know, I mean, uh, you got the Ariato newspaper and stuff, but you didn't really, there wasn't the TV exposure and, and all the, the stuff going on that, uh, today that where you get to watch it and know what's going on and know the news instantly. You're right about that. You can literally turn on your TV these days and have 25 streams on flow racing from every type of racing in all parts of the country or even the world. Like during the winter, like when it's a little bit of a slow like uh, racing cycle, like if Speed Weeks wasn't running or anything, you, you could probably catch me watching some of them snowmobile races up in Maine or in Canada. <laughs> That's just how easy it is to access pretty much anything these days compared to back then so you didn't really know what was outside of it um going back to those uh, sportsman mods uh how different were those compared to the big blocks back then it, it was basically just the engine uh they they had basically like a street stock engine in them um all the other components were the same so it was real easy to run that for a couple of years and then they pretty much could even take the same car if, if it was in good shape and move right up to regular modifieds so you started about 16, was that in a sportsman model or was that in a late model still back then? No, that, that was a late model. Okay. I I've, I drove big block modified a little bit back then. There was a couple of years I drove a buddy's car. It, it, they were kind of low buck, um, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, and I drove the late model at the same time. Uh, I would do double duty some nights. And, uh, you know, just... Uh, I, I, I never cared too much for the modifieds when, when I got to drive them because at that time uh, they were on a, tr a very hard track tire um, where the late models were still open tire back then. Mm. And uh, our motors weren't really open like the supers are now, but uh, once I traveled a little and, 
and got to run some other tracks. I, I was pretty much hooked. I knew I knew I didn't want to run those big blocks because you just it just didn't feel that good. You know, you're out there, you got lots of power, but they're they're just not in the racetrack very much. And I think it's a lot different now. But but back then it was when they were just first going to the to the track hard track tires and trying to be economical and uh and that was actually um a couple of years before that the, the big block modifieds would run sprint car tires yeah I, you know I've, I've very soft and and big and and they'd be pulling wheelies and it, it was a heck of a show back then yeah I've, uh, there's a lot of good accounts online that you see old photos of those cars and those things just look ridiculous with the with the huge uh rear tires and the tiny front ones and but they definitely look like they put on a show back then oh yeah like as a kid going to those races uh most of the tracks around here didn't require mufflers, which, mm. you know, if you've, if you've been to a big block modified race now, um, you know, they're, they're, they've got exhaust all the way to the back and quiet mufflers. And, you know, back then the, the motors, the pipes came right out the side and they just screamed and they had them big tires on them. And, you know, as a little kid, that, that was like your, your dream, you know? Yeah. I think everybody, probably remembers one of the first times they heard a loud race car just any type of car just blow by them and just kind of get that amazement from it and most of the time that's just what hooks us as race fans first growing up we just see that first car going down a straightaway and just send it off into a corner and that's what really starts it for a lot of us i feel like and i imagine back in those days with those modifieds i bet they still had the left fronts of foot and a half in the air and <laughs> and all types of stuff like they do now i one of the biggest reasons why I love modifies is just the just the left front in the air. And honestly, depending depending what series and what rules they run, but I'm, I feel like I'm more of a UMP guy as, as like a guy down south that doesn't see a lot of modifieds in general. I think the only time I've really seen uh, big blocks would be World Finals every year. Right, right, yeah. You don't get much exposure to the center steer modifieds. No, I don't. I, I enjoy watching them whenever I see them on uh, whenever I see them streaming. I enjoy a bunch of the I enjoy a bunch of the shows, especially when they do their midweek stuff these days. But uh, going back to tires, they uh, they have the national late model tire rule that's been going on for the past couple of months with the two threes and the fours. Uh, uh, how do you feel about it, and how do you think that's affected the racing so far? Well, I I don't know. I I I, th I think it's it's probably going to help the racing. Uh, I don't know. You only have three options, you know, so before, you know, last couple of years, they were really limiting our compounds anyway on what we could run. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of talk about it. You know, American racers where they're able to be run is a little bit better tire because, um, you know, the, the Hoosier deal is an economy tire that's supposed to be made cheaper and, and, when you're all locked into running the same thing, it doesn't really need to be competitive. It just needs to be durable and mm -hmm. reliable. So um, I, I think there, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, whether Hoosier tries to get some more tracks up around here locked in to, to Hoosier only, or whether it still will be open where we can run the American racers or the Hoosiers. And I think that's, that's good. I mean, competition's always good to keep, I think it keeps the prices lower on stuff where when somebody has a monopoly, it's, uh, it's kind of tough to control price and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing. It's, it, there was a lot of, 
we were we were stocking a lot of different tires and, yeah. and half of them you never even ran they'd dry, you know you'd buy a new one dry rot groove it and it would dry rot in your trailer before you ran it but you had to have it for that for that one time out of two years that you might need mm-hmm. it um so so it's it's not a bad thing and and i think once once we get out of this transition period it'll 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 probably just be a distant memory it won't, won't even be that big of a deal how was the tire situation for the Appalachian uh, Speed Week? Or was that an all Hoosier? Was there like a little bit of an open tire, like on the front and stuff, like still doing a little bit of burn off? What was that situation like? That that was fully open. Uh, okay. You know, they, they we had a we had a uh, we couldn't go softer than either a thirteen hundred Hoosier or a forty four American Racer, so okay. you couldn't get too soft, but. Uh, basically they were letting everybody burn off everything they had, which worked out good because we had some tires. I know there's, there's guys that still do have a bunch of tires, but I think now it's getting to the point where, uh, people having a bunch of open tires is few and far between. And, and this deal helped a lot. You know, we had a whole, you know, like six, I think six races that we were able to run all of our open stuff. So, so that was helpful. And it was nice too, because you weren't buying a bunch of tires every night. You were, you were using stuff that you had. Yeah. And they're, they just finished doing like the, like the burn off, like the rear tires around here, like around beginning of May with the ultimate late models and clash. Uh, but they're still pretty open on the fronts. I'm pretty sure. But the rears right now it, it is national late model tire. Uh, I know, especially with Kelly Carlton and Ultima, I know it's like that. And Clash, they're a little bit more relaxed, but they're starting to really be with the programming, get up to that standard with the the new tires. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. You know, I, I'm sure they kind of survey everybody and make sure they have some open stuff left. And, uh, you know, having the front stuff open is a good idea. It lets you use up more of your stuff. Even... Uh, I know World Outlaws still allows open left front, so mm-hmm. you don't have to buy. And and they act, they actually allow you to run if you have UMP tires, you can run them because it's it's basically the same thing as the new tire. It's just got a different label on it. Um, but Lucas Oil, you like for this weekend, we have to have all the new tires, and yeah. and I don't own one, so we got to buy. We basically got to buy nine tires just to get started. Right, yeah, that's like two grand yeah. before you even get started, you know. And then you're that, not even two thirty a tire. And you're not even gonna have the Uncle Sam money to turn down this year. <laughs> no, no, we gotta make the show show the legit way here. Uh the pressure's on. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> every year I'm always rooting for you in that Uncle Sam race. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. No, I guess I'm just gonna have to find somebody to root for in the in the rush, uh, twenty thousand to win. But I got plenty of faith in you. You're gonna be able to make that field. But that's it's a tough field. It's not just them uh, Lucas guys you gotta watch out for. You got all the local guys still in your area and other guys that just randomly like to show up. Uh, Lucas has got a tough field this year. They got I'm trying to think how many full time guys, 15, 14 still. Because Ross Robinson, Spencer Hughes, all those guys are still around. But uh. How does it feel still being – I know you get on the speed weeks and stuff like that sometimes. But how does it feel when the Lucas guys come up to your neck of the woods or if it was outlaws back a couple of years ago? I mean, we definitely feel better about it when we, when we get to run more of our local tracks. But, you know, even Lernerville, that's – Lernerville six hours one way for me. Uh, we don't get there pretty much only for the firecrackers. So 
I mean, we get a lot of people rooting for us because we're we're from PA, but uh, we're we're far from local out there. Uh, what part of Pennsylvania are you from? You know, just east, northeast, north, like farther towards New York, and what what tracks are like the closest to you where your uh, your team shop is? We're, we're the where we're located with the with the shop is uh, the extreme northeast corner of Pennsylvania. Okay. We're we're just uh, just south of Binghamton, New York. Uh, okay. Our our closest tracks would be uh, that don't they don't run late models, but Penn Can Speedway or Five Mile Point Speedway are, are close for us. I don't even know that. I haven't even heard of those, honestly, being down here. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they're just modified tracks. Okay. Um, closest late model track for me is Sealands Grove Speedway, but that's that's about two hours, 45 minutes. Okay. Now, going back to Sealands Grove, you guys just finished off the Appalachian Speed Week. How was that? And uh, if I, I'm, it's, I'm not able to keep up with the PA late model scene as much as I uh, want to, but it's the first time they've ran that in a little bit, and uh, how did that go? It went really good. Uh, Jim Jim Bernheisel got it going again, and and you know he he they didn't really have any of the people or staff or anything. Um, you know they all have kind of moved on, so they were pretty much starting from scratch, other than the name. Uh, but they got their blessing from the from Jason and Kurt that, that used to run it, and um, I, I thought they did a great job. I mean, everything went really smoothly for. Jim not really having a lot of promotional experience and and all their you know their group of people that officiate there were were all pretty fresh at it and and it, it went very smoothly I thought. Now, I feel like it did. I was only pretty much able to keep up with uh, Kyle McFadden's uh, Twitter about it. He was covering the entire week and uh, seemed like it had some great racing. Uh, I believe you finished tenth in the week standings. Uh, I saw how big of a smile you had with the trophy, the 10th place trophy. That was, that was kind of funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it seems like you guys enjoyed it, had a great week. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad they were able to get that back going. I wish we were able to get kind of like a like a Carolina late model week down here where they just went five, six places in a week or 10 days or something like that. I feel like that would be something cool. To, I feel like the – most similar to that is kind of like the what they're trying to do again, like they did a few years ago, was like a prelude to the finals thing right before World Finals, where they yeah. were on Cherokee Speedway that Tuesday, and then that World Finals is Wednesday through Saturday now. Oh, okay, they're doing that again. Yeah, so they, I was there for the original one two years ago, where they had, I think it was 13 uh, 410s, they had five big blocks, and then 20 late models, which it's not... You don't even have to try to pull twenty late models, even on a thir- even on a Wednesday, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday night there. But uh, yeah, it it didn't have that big of a crowd for being a Tuesday. But I think with the XR pumping in some more energy and promotion into it and more money, I feel like it'll be a better event this time. But we'll just have to see in November when that gets around. Yeah, we we actually went to the original race, and that was my first time ever going to Cherokee. <laughs> what do you think uh, of that place? I I mean, I I, I couldn't believe like how intense that place is. I know. I mean, that night it, it, it was pretty wet and uh, it's not very big, but man, you, you haul around there. It, it keeps the traction all night. Even in the feature, it, it, it was intense for the whole 30 laps or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That was, I remember that was a really good race between Dalton Wilson and uh, Brandon Overton or not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dalton Wilson, Brandon Overton, Ross Bell's uh, broke a drive line and messed up something on a spoiler of, uh, Overton and Dalton ended up just getting past them, but 
Uh, Don Wilson, he's going to be, he's going to get that first Lucas one this year. I just have it coming. I, I feel it. Uh, he's been running really consistent. Um, but yeah, Cherokee is certainly one place. That's, it, you haven't experienced Cherokee unless you've done a blue gray 100. It's, that track, if it's not nighttime, you're popping tires. Like it becomes a full strategy race. Pretty much every year, Chris Madden pulls in to change tires around lap 40, lap 45, and then just kind of creeps through the field while everybody else pops tires. He's yeah, he, he has the formula there for sure. Yeah, he's won it nine <laughs> times. People try to mess with his formula and try to do it better, and it just never works. Yeah. <laughs> and poor poor uh, Chris Ferguson, he's popped tires two, three times leading that thing and didn't win a huge Cherokee race till March Madness when he finally survived the tire popping, and that was only a 50-lap feature, and he only won that. Okay, I'm not going to say it. Chris, was, Chris is a friend of the show, and he was on the show right after that, but – I don't know if he would have won that if the whole Overton Madden thing didn't happen <laughs> uh, on that restart when they started bumping bellies after. But, um, yeah, we'll go back up north, uh, go back to the firecracker. So uh, instead of them just having the regular prelim nights and you rack up the points that way, they're going to be doing twin 5Ks each night, and I believe they're still going to be uh, accumulating points for the lineup heat races on Saturday. Uh, you have any anything to say about switching the format a little bit? and adding a little bit more money off the Twins? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the Twin races. I, I actually think it probably helps the car count more than the even the Uncle Sam because th- there's a lot more guys that are going to get to run a whole feature for the preliminary nights, and it, do- it doesn't put so much pressure on, on you because, you know, you, you have to be really bad not to make those those first features i'm sure there will be some guys that don't make it and if we don't make it i'll tell you that we're really bad but (laughs) if uh, (laughs) you can try stuff and you can get track experience more where even that uncle sam deal you're kind of down to the last minute when you're in that so it's like if it goes your way good but if not it it, you know the other ones you're kind of a little more relaxed i think on friday thursday and friday and then hopefully you have something figured out for for saturday and hopefully you have some good points uh racked up to give you a good starting spot for saturday hopefully i, I just remember that uh, how chaotic those saturday nights be because like you already have the uncle sam starting to roll off while the guys are already pulling off in the b main you pretty much just have to make a whip around and get right back on the track <laughs> and it's they, they try to push through it pretty quick because there's just so much, and they got the they used to have the map TV streams, and they still got streaming. They got to deal with for time wise some sometimes, but yeah, I, I always loved the Uncle Sam format. But I'm excited to see how the twins look this year. Um, I remember last year after you won the Uncle Sam, uh, who's you? Uh, I believe you won that over Colton, and uh, I remember walking down the pits with my buddy Michael, and he. Uh, uh, I remember Rick Eckert, the scrub, came over and sh- uh, shook your hand ever, and then the shook your hand, and then the official walked over and was like, "You taking the money? You're racing." You're like, "I'm racing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that to be, to be in that firecracker, the the hundred lapper on on Saturday. I mean that's it's so cool. I mean just all the all the 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 intros and and everything they do leading up to it. it every you know you can almost. I've I've never been in a race at Eldora or anything in in the world or the dream or anything like that, but it's it's probably the closest thing I've come to 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 those where you just you feel the energy of the crowd and there's just a lot of suspense and everything and everybody really get you know you can tell everybody's just really excited. Yeah. It's just it's not just a regular race. 
I'm a I'm a sucker for when they line all the cars up on the front stretch and do the driver intros by the car. That's just one of the coolest things as a fan or covering media or even as a driver. It's just one of the coolest things I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big deal. Sometimes they'll have weather or something coming in and they've got to rush it, which kind of I think it kind of takes a little bit away from it. But, uh, you know, it's it's understandable. Yeah. Uh, What would you say is probably your favorite memory at Firecracker? Uh, definitely when we won a prelim race, uh, I think it was like 2000, probably around 2012. I'm not sure if that's the right date or not, but, and I knew you were going to say that, and that's definitely, and, and the other cool thing is, uh, we had, we, we had won a world outlaw race before that in, uh, Tri-City in 2007, and it's only maybe an hour or hour and 15 minutes from Lernerville. So you really get a lot of, even still a lot of fans coming up to you saying, Hey, I was there that night at tri city. And that okay. was so cool. You know, we were rooting for you. I mean, it's, it's really neat. Just, uh, just all the people you recognize and, and they've been coming there for years and supporting that. And, uh, it, it's just, uh, you could tell it's real special to a lot of people. They, uh, they, they don't miss it. Yeah, they don't. Uh, my uh, my buddy Michael, I go with every year. He's probably been going. He's twenty two, and he's probably been going since he was three or four. He's been going as long as he can. He, he's been he's been in Lernerville as long. He, I believe he was at the first ever Firecracker fourteen fifteen years ago. But he's been going to he's been going to that track since he was a little kid. <laughs> and uh, my local track was uh, Harris Speedway in in Western North Carolina. I don't. I believe I maybe went to it once or twice, but before that, I was just pretty much a NASCAR kid growing up. But since I've been hooked on the dirt bug for years, it's just got me. And there's just certain events throughout the year, like the Firecracker, that just just have a special place, and I just don't want to miss those. Like going to the Eldora Millions. Uh, went last year to the late mom. Going to the Sprint Car in a couple weeks. I got Firecrackers, one of my favorite World Finals. Besides the first one that kind of made me mad because of how dusty it was during the COVID year. Yeah, there's a certain races you don't want to miss each year, and I bet you're the same way with running in them throughout your area or even when you're able to make it down to Speed Weeks uh, sometimes. Uh, how is that Speed Weeks grind in January and February when you're able to go down there? I I mean, other than, other than uh, you know, you got to be away from home for – for so long that that's tough on the on the family and stuff uh having to leave them behind and be down there and and uh especially if it's snowing and stuff up here you know they're they're plowing or shoveling or taking care of that stuff and mm-hmm. you know th- things aren't so cheerful then but uh i i i love i love just racing the grind more you know even like this we just came off of speed weeks and now i got just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday here. I'll leave. I'll leave Wednesday evening to head to Lernerville, um, and then we'll probably we'll probably have a couple weeks off after that. There's not a lot going on, but I, I'd actually rather race a bunch of races in a row like that and just fo- be focused on it, and then uh, and then just you know the rest of the time get your work done and do your do your regular job and uh, you know just. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like just being a Saturday night guy. It's it's yeah. too it's too drawn out. Yeah, it, it it becomes very routine and it gets a little monotonous. I feel like over time. Um, but yeah, going back to Speed Week, uh, what would be your favorite track down there you've ran through through from like all the way from Volusia and Golden Isles to East Bay? 
I mean, I really think Old East Bay is, I mean, it's been a, one of the best tracks I've ever been to anywhere. Um, it's not quite what it used to be now. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going away. They're they're just kind of getting through the next couple of years. I think uh, you know they they went back when they were really doing work on that place and fixing it up and uh, you know working the track, farming the track all the time, every day, every night and stuff. That that place was, I mean, like oh one probably oh one to like two thousand ten. That place was just bananas. You know, it was. Uh, unlike anything you'd ever seen, you know, and you had those, those guys like Bab and them guys that just hammered the cushion from, from the Midwest coming down mm-hmm. and just, just all the good, good Not cars from everywhere. And, and it was just such a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was able to go be down there. Uh, I missed, I missed the late models there by a day this year. And I ended up being there for a 410 all-star show and it still raced pretty good with the sprint cars. I can, I, I could tell that, Places just kind of hanging on until it's gone uh, at the end of next year. Their last race is going to be a Lucas 50,000 to win at the, uh, at the end of October 2024, I believe. But yeah, so I think they got one more speed weeks left and then like another show or two before it's gone. But yeah, they got some old uh, YouTube videos of I think even through like 94. I think I've seen one from 01 or 02 before. Uh, put on a great show there. I, I just like watching old races on YouTube sometimes, but yeah, it's been awesome talking to you on here, Dan. Uh, you got any sponsors, anybody you want to thank before we get out of here? Um, just, you know, just, uh, the, the Superduce racing guys, um, uh, you know, it's just really just, you know, uh, Leo Miles, his wife, Spencer and, uh, Brian and Brian Barnhill, Kevin Kirby, the, that, that's the ownership group that owns these cars. And, uh, I think, I think they decided to buy a race car. They might've had some alcohol influence, oh, no. <laughs> uh, and, uh, they got into this and, and now here they are still going. I think, I think like 2010 was their first year and, uh, Ricky Elliott drove it the first couple of years. And then, then, uh, then I got to drive it after that. And, uh, you know, it's just amazing. We're still going and. Uh, just definitely got to thank them because it's, it's so expensive anymore. Yes, uh, it it's, it's just, just mind boggling, you know? Uh, so, so th- those guys are just all just, they're, they're the only reason that we're, that I'm still racing really. I mean, it's a testament to them that they keep fielding cars every year and just keep us in really good equipment. Um, just can't thank them enough. Yeah, well, I appreciate them still having have a team and still trying to keep the late model scene in Pennsylvania alive. It's it's hard when you're in the heart of um, you're kind of you're kind of wedged in the middle of a sandwich of sprint car country below you and around you and mod country right above you and uh, support uh, go support them and their team at Leonardville. I imagine they'll have some merch and uh, everybody else is out there. Uh, I will be seeing you at firecracker i'll probably be there there's a small chance i'll be there uh thursday night but i'll definitely see you friday saturday and uh, i just want to uh, thank you for giving me some time tonight and uh let's have a good firecracker weekend yeah let's hope let's hope we uh maybe we could stand on the stage in one of the bigger races since the uncle sam race is now out there this year let's do it <laughs> <laughs> awesome I, I look forward to talking to you All out right. there see you dan thank you
Just got done talking to Dan Stone, talking about the Firecracker Weekend coming up and how he got into racing. Just learned a little bit more about him. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite guests I've had on the show so far. But speaking of one of my favorite guests and buddies I have on the show, a good bit of the time, Michael Schmel, Big Mike. He is coming on to talk for a couple minutes, of talking more about the Firecracker. Uh, he's the reason why I really started fell in love with Lernerville and even dirt laymalls and that type of stuff. He lives 20 minutes outside the track. And uh, I've been going there every year, every year with him. This is going to be the fourth year in a row. And uh, uh, what we got coming up this weekend, Michael? Um, a lot of fun activities. Be from doing some cool interviews to be in the Weather Channel. So yeah, we might have to do some. We might have to do some Jim Cantori shit this weekend. We'll just see what happens when it comes to the rain, but. Uh, yeah, how it's looking Thursday and Friday night's going to both be twin 25 lap races for 5,000 to win each, which, uh, like Dan said earlier, uh, that kind of in his mind replaces a little bit of the uncle Sam. So a bunch of those lower end guys, if you want to call that, uh, get more time on the track and actually get to make a feature. Uh, is that kind of the same way you kind of feel about it? And uh, I know you're sad to see the uncle Sam disappear. Yeah, I'm kind of. I like doing the twins against more racing, so you really can't really complain. Um, you also say too, is like bottom the Uncle Sam track's going to be somewhat better for the future. I mean, typically is so. And thirty less laps on it. Yeah, so that could change a lot of how the track's looking. But yeah, I I, I like the Uncle Sam a little bit because it's like something you're, 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 you you don't see many tracks do a. Do a non-qualifier race like that. A non-qualifier race like that before a future race, so it just needs to see it. Yeah, I don't know really uh, like how I got the four out this year, so I can't really complain. Yeah, I, I, I just hope we're able to get a good event and have some good racing. I hope the track's rolling good and uh, has multiple grooves. Uh, but, yeah, let's go over the last couple of years, at least for the years I've been at the Firecracker. Last year, it was Tim McCready just dominating that Saturday night 100-lap feature, took home the first 50 grand to win. And then year before that, it was Big Sexy, Brandon Overton, keeping his momentum going from winning the Double Dreams at Eldora. He was just on fire that year. And then year before that, during the COVID year, it was the shortened 50-lap feature that was originally supposed to be on CBS that got cut. Yeah, I know. That was rough. It, got cut it didn't even end up being live on CBS because there was a little bit of a rain delay. So they could have just put it back to 100, but they didn't. And that ended up being dominated by Kay Dillard, uh, I can't remember the, the prelim night. Yeah, the, the thriller K. Dillard. And, uh, yeah, K, I'm always a K. Dillard fan because of that. But uh, I just I don't remember the prelim nights for all the other all the other uh, years, really. I mean, that, that was the iconic moment. Yeah, that Thursday night uh, when uh, Max yeah. Blair spun Brandon Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat some of the choice words I've used. Uh, it's very was. personal to me. Um, <laughs> 2019 was Tim McCready, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that was the that was the year you always try to replay with the tires. Was um, um, Brandon Overton. Yes, that was when he was in the two, the Cohen, uh, the dang, who owns that car? Uh, Hayden Cohen's in it now. I believe that's the same car, but or I could be completely wrong. But that looks like the same car that Hayden Cohen is now, the beautiful blue and gray number two that runs in the south. 
Scott Moon quiz, but I could be wrong on that. Should be. Let me let's pull that up. But it's been a great event. The I, I'm excited to see how the last laps on the track because no, um, no Uncle Sam will leave it because I believe it's gotten rubbered up a few times and there was a bunch of discussion last year during earlier in the event because the track was looking a little rough, I believe. Yeah, I'm also curious to see the car count because it felt like smoking out last week. Well, that was well, that was that was a different reason because the track was in rough shape because that was their first big event after the resizing of it. But yeah. uh, for the firecracker, uh, t- like we said, uh, we'll go. Yeah, twenty eighteen was actually Chris Madden. Twenty seventeen oh, yeah. was Overton. Twenty sixteen Bloomquist. Okay, I, I, I got the little stuff. And fifteen Eckert. Uh, were you uh, random question? Going back to Dan a little bit. Were you there in twenty twelve when Dan got a prelim night win? I was not. I might have been there, but I, I don't remember it. Uh, Basically, one of the races that you couldn't get to go to because my dad always went to New York for his life. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> firecracker was different. It was that. Different type of firecracker. Yeah, so it was like when it came, he was already gone. So we didn't really need to go. Yeah, so if you, uh, for those that didn't know, Michael and his family, they've done a lot of the Macy's 4th of July fireworks shows over all the years. Uh, I believe it started with his grandfather, even maybe even earlier in the family, but he used to spend every, every, uh, every 4th of July they used to be out there and he'd do multiple shows. And that's pretty cool. I, I, I almost made it out there with y'all one one year, but it ended up not happening. I kind of wish it did. I would have enjoyed it out in New York for a week. That would have been fun. But uh, we're going to have some early predictions for the weekend. Uh, so we're going to name off a couple of guys we think could win some prelim nights and then who we eventually think is going to take home the 50000 to win with the Lucas Oil Late Models at Leonardville. And so, Michael, uh, give me, since there's going to be four prelim fi- features, give me four names you think could pick up a victory before Saturday. Four names. Well, yeah, four names to two each night. I'm going to go first off with Mike Mahler. Um He's been really strong here in the past few years. Again, he swept. He was swept him last year. last year. So he's always got to look out to you, especially early in the week. Another one. Um, Mike Norris. Hmm, um, always of learn, but you have to keep him in question. Again, he's been able to wear people the night before, but the big thing is, can he win that 100 lap T series? So he's one to watch for, especially for a Pelin night win. Um, number one, you have to go with Tim McCready. Um, he's been dominant here for the past three, four years. He's always up front when he is able to come here. And I'm just saying, another dark, dark horse, I'm going to say Mason Ziegler. I like um, that pick. He's been very strong here. He's come to a few local shows. And he's he was really quicker. and he was really strong at the Dream. He's been very quick. So I think you got to watch out for Mason Ziegler. He's in the 100 lap race. Yeah. Um, going on the Saturday, um, Ricky Thornton's been really hot lately. But I 
don't think he does it this weekend. He he hasn't. Murrayville's not one of his best tracks. He kind of struggled last year. I think there's been top like outside the top ten a little bit. Yeah, I think he was eleventh uh, or twelfth. You really you can't really go by without saying think about Grand Overture and Timber Creek winning this. That's doing one of those two. I think he's gonna win it. John's done for it. He, he has not. He struggled here last year. Yeah, he did. He um he barely made the feature t- two of the three nights. I think. So I, I really think he might be a guy that continues to struggle this week. So we're about two picks for this Saturday or over ten on the three D. It really depends how the track goes. If tracks are rubbered in, then you can can't really bet against the three D in, in those yeah. conditions. And it also kind of just depends who's up front when that happens. There might be some good battles for the lead, like right before the drivers are starting to see that happen, because once it gets rubbered up, it's just game over pretty much unless something crazy happens. But I'll go over mine real quick. I think, just because I'm a homer for him, I feel like, but I feel like Dalton Wilson. Uh, Dalton Wilson's been very strong. He was strong last year here at this event, too. Yeah, Dalton Wilson, I feel like. Um, I'm gonna also go Greg the True Satterly. Uh, he won. Uh, he won. A, he won a regional show recently there, and he was really strong all over the Appalachian Speed Week and all the all the tracks they ran. Um, but then I have to go for a couple heavy hitters. I got Hudson O'Neill winning one, and then I also got Mike Marler as well. Mike Marler is just too dominant. He was the type of dominant during the prelim shows that we left early one time, one night last year. <laughs> we were in the parking yeah. lot when it went when it went checkered. But that's beside the point. Uh, I'm I'm thinking for Saturday. Wait, never mind. The guy I was about to pick. He's gonna be in Nebraska or something for uh, Outlaws. I was gonna say Madden. Never mind. Um, <laughs> okay, so it's not Madden. It's hard to pick against McCready or Marler, really. Even. I think McCready's just like he's been getting good runs lately, and this is a track that he's really good at. So I really think this can't be the weekend he gets his first win of the year. Yeah, it, it, and he's just been so consistent. Like he's still in that top four spot for the Lucas for the cutoff at the end of the year. But I'm gonna go. I'm going Ricky. I I, I feel like he just keeps the momentum. I. It, I feel like he really he enjoys Leonardville. He enjoys the track, and we talked to him last year about that. I feel like he's going to make it click. It's just when something's working, you keep your heat up usually in these middle stretches of the year. And how he's been, like he he would be the most if he's not the most winningest late model driver this year because of the show me or even not because of it. He he should be with how on fire he's been. Even all you can trace it all the way back to Speed Week at Golden Isles. Uh, he's just been great, but uh, we're excited to see a lot of great racing coming up this weekend. If you're in the area, uh, go to go to Learnerville Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, you'll see us and come crack a beer open with us for a little while, chill out. Yeah, check the weather before you come. Uh, Jim Jim Cantor doing which will be on site. <laughs> we need a video of me and a poncho. Uh, if it uh, ends up raining out somewhere, we'll probably be at a bar or something. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy some racing this weekend. If it's not uh, Leonardville or if you're just staying at home, you can watch it on Flow. There's plenty of other racing hey, to watch. Hey, we can race it. Hey, we can race it. What was that? The 
big weekend for racing. You got the Heisman Connections. You got PUP. Yep, 250 grade, uh, 250k out to win at Houston's. Uh, all my local series are running, uh, except Ultimate Clash, SCDRA, and Carolina Sprint Tour. All the tracks are running. Uh, go find yourself to go watch. Yeah, no, you, you won't be too bored even if you gotta stay at home. But uh, thanks for Michael coming on to this, and I'll see you in a couple thanks days. Yes, sir. Just got done talking to Dan Stone, talking about the Firecracker Weekend coming up and how he got into racing. Just learned a little bit more about him. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite guests I've had on the show so far. But speaking of one of my favorite guests and buddies I have on the show a good bit of the time, Michael Schmel, Big Mike. He is coming on to talk for a couple minutes, of talking more about the Firecracker. Uh, he's the reason why I really started fell in love with Lernerville and even dirt laymalls and that type of stuff. He lives 20 minutes outside the track. And uh, I've been going there every year, every year with him. And this is gonna be the fourth year in a row. And uh, uh, what we got coming up this weekend, Michael? Um, a lot of fun activities. Be from doing cool interviews to being the weather channel. So yeah, we might have Are to do some. Right? We might have to do some Jim Cantori shit this weekend. We'll just see what yeah, happens yeah. when it comes to the rain, but. Uh, yeah, how it's looking. Thursday and Friday nights can both be twin 25-lap races for 5000 to win each, which, uh, like Dan said earlier, uh, that kind of, in his mind, replaces a little bit of the Uncle Sam, so a bunch of those lower-end guys, if you want to call that, uh, get more time on the track and actually get to make a feature. Uh, is that kind of the same way you kind of feel about it? And uh, I know you're sad to see the Uncle Sam disappear. Yeah, I'm kind of... I like them with the twins against more racing, so you really can't really complain. Um, we also say, too, is like Bob and Uncle Sam, track's going to be somewhat better for the future. I mean, typically is so. And 30 less laps on it. Yeah, so that could change a lot of how the track's looking. But, yeah, I, I, I like Uncle Sam a little bit because it's like something you're, 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 you don't see many tracks do a. Do a non qualifier race like that. A non qualifier race like that before a future race, so it just needs to see. Yeah, I don't know like how I got the format this year, so I can't really complain. Yeah, I, I, I just hope we're able to get a good event and have some good racing. I hope the track's rolling good and uh, has multiple grooves. Uh, but yeah, let's go over the last couple of years, at least for the years I've been at the Firecracker. Last year, it was Tim McCready just dominating that Saturday night 100 lap feature, took home the first 50 grand to win. And then a year before that, it was Big Sexy, Brandon Overton, keeping his momentum going from winning the Double Dreams at Eldora. He was just on fire that year. And then year before that, during the COVID year, it was the shortened 50-lap feature that was originally supposed to be on CBS that got cut. Okay, I'm going to talk about that. Yeah, I know. That was rough. It got cut. Off. It didn't even end up being live on CBS because there was a little bit of a rain delay. So they could have just put it back to 100, but they didn't. And that ended up being dominated by Kay Dillard. Uh, I can't remember the, the prelim night. Yeah, the, the thriller Kate Dillard. And, uh, yeah, I'm always a Kate Dillard fan because of that. But uh, I just – I don't remember the prelim nights for all the other all the other uh, years, really. I mean, that, that was the iconic moment. Yeah, that Thursday night uh, when uh, Max yeah. Blair spun Brandon Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat some of the choice words I've used. Uh, based, very personal to me. Um, <laughs> 2019 was Tim McCready, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yes, that was the that was the year you always try to replay with the tires. Was um um Grand Overton. Yes, that was when he was in the two, the Cohen, uh, the dang, who owns that car? Uh, Hayden Cohen's in it now. I believe that's the same car, but or I could be completely wrong. But that looks like the same car that Hayden Cohen is now. The beautiful blue and gray number two that runs in the south. Should be. Let me let's pull that up. But it's been a great event. The I, I'm excited to see how the last laps on the track because no, um, no Uncle Sam will leave it because I believe it's gotten rubbered up a few times and there was a bunch of discussion last year during earlier in the event because the track was looking a little rough. I believe. Yeah, I'm also curious to see the car count because felt like smoking out last week. Well, that was well, that was that was a different reason because the track was in rough shape because that was their first big event after the resizing of it. But yeah. uh, for the firecracker, uh, t- like we said, uh, we'll go. Yeah, twenty eighteen was actually Chris Madden. Twenty seventeen was Overton. Twenty sixteen Bloomquist. Okay, I, I got the wrong stuff. And a 15 Eckert. Uh, were you, uh, random question, going back to Dan a little bit, were you there in 2012 when Dan got a prelim night win? I was not. I might have been there, but I, I don't remember it. Uh, I see one of the races that you couldn't get to go to because my dad always went to New York for his life. Oh, yeah. That, the way, the way the firecracker was different. It was that. Different type of firecracker. Yeah, so it was like when it came, he was already gone. So we didn't really usually go. Yeah, so if you, uh, for those that didn't know, Michael and his family, they've done a lot of the Macy's 4th of July fireworks shows over all the years. Uh, I believe it started with his grandfather, even, maybe even earlier in the family, but he used Grandpa, to spend every, every, uh, every 4th of July they used to be out there and he'd do multiple shows. And that's pretty cool. I, I, I almost made it out there with y'all one, one year, but that ended up not happening. I kind of wish it did. I would have enjoyed it out in New York for a week. That would have been fun. But uh, speaking of fun, we're going to have plenty of that upcoming this weekend. Uh, thanks, Michael, for coming on for a minute, and I will uh, see you on Thursday. You want to early predictions? Oh, yeah, let's do some predictions. I don't know why that blinked my mind. Kind of like when I was uh, – Cut that out and then just put, put this in front of it. Yeah, no, I'll cut it. But uh, – I, I did the same thing with Austin Sosby. He's a photographer. I didn't ask him about like how he was growing up. I didn't really want to. And then he's like, I'm like, yeah, you got anything else you want to talk about? And he's like, yeah, you forgot to ask me about about me. It's stuff all about me. And then he ended up talking for like 15 more minutes. But, <laughs> yeah, I'll start in a couple of seconds. We're going to have some early predictions for the weekend. Uh, so we're going to name off a couple of guys we think could win some prelim nights and then who we eventually think is going to take home the 50000 to win with the Lucas Oil Late Models at Lernerville. And so, Michael, uh, give me, since there's going to be four prelim fi- features, give me four names you think could pick up a victory before Saturday. Four names. Well, yeah, four names to, to each night. I'm going to go first off with Mike Waller. Um, he's been 
really strong here in the past few years. Again, he swept. He was swept them last, last year. So he's always got to look down to, especially early in the week. Another one, um, Mike Norris. Hmm. Um, always of learn, but you have to keep him in question. Again, he's been able to wear field the night before, but the big thing is, can he win that 100 lap T series? So he's one to watch for, especially for a Pelin night win. Another um, one, you have to go with Tim McCready. Um, he's been dominant here for the past three, four years. He's always up front when he is able to come here. And I'm going to say, another dark, dark horse, I'm going to say Mason Ziegler. I like um, that pick. He's been very strong here. He's come to a few local shows. And he's he was really quicker. and he was really strong at the dream. He was very quick. So I think you gotta watch out for Mason Ziggler. He's in the hundred lap race. Yeah. Um, going on the Saturday. Um Ricky Thornton's been really hot lately. But I don't think he does it this weekend. He he hasn't Murderville's not one of his best tracks. He kinda struggled last year. And he first mid top like Outside the top 10 a little bit. Yeah, I think he was 11th uh, or 12th. You, really, you can't really go by without saying thing about Grand Overture and Tim McCready winning this. That's doing one of those two that I think is going to win it. Jonathan Dunford, he, he has not – he struggled here last year. Yeah, he did. He um he barely made the feature t- two of the three nights, I think. So I, I really think he might be a guy that continues to struggle this week. So, we're about two picks for this for Saturday or over 10 on the 3D. It really depends how the track goes. If tracks are rubbered in, then you can't really bet against the 3D in those yeah. conditions. And it also kind of just depends who's up front when that happens. It, it, there might be some good battles for the lead. Like, right before the drivers are starting to see that happen, because once it gets rubbered up, it's just game over pretty much and some, unless something crazy happens. But I'll go over mine real quick. I think... Just because I'm a homer for him, I feel like, but I feel like Dalton Wilson. Uh, Dalton Wilson's been very he was, strong. He was strong last year here at this event too. Yeah, Dalton Wilson. I feel like um, I'm gonna also go Greg the True Satterley. Uh, he won. Uh, he won. A, he won a regional show recently there, and he was really strong all over the Appalachian Speed Week and all the all the tracks they ran. Um, but then I have to go for a couple heavy hitters. I got Hudson O'Neill winning one. And then I also got Mike Marler as well. Mike Marler is just too dominant. He was the type of dominant during the prelim shows that we left early one time, one night last year. <laughs> we were in the parking yeah. lot when it went when it went checkered. But that's beside the point. Uh, I'm I'm thinking for Saturday. Wait, never mind. The guy I was about to pick. He's going to be in Nebraska or something for uh, Outlaws. I was going to say Madden. Never mind. Um, <laughs> Okay, so it's not Madden. It's hard to pick against McCready or Marler, really. Even I think McCready's just like he's been getting good runs lately, and this is track that he's really good at. So I really think this can't be the weekend he gets his first win of the year. Yeah, it, it, and he's just been so consistent. Like he's still in that top four spot for the Lucas for the cutoff at the end of the year. But I'm gonna go. I'm going Ricky. I, I I feel like he just keeps the momentum. I it, I feel like he really he enjoys Leonardville. He enjoys the track, and we talked to him last year about that. 
I feel like he's going to make it click. It's just when something's working, you keep your heat up usually in these middle stretches of the year and how he's been. Uh, he'd, he would be the most – if he's not the most winningest late model driver this year because of the show me or even not because of it, he, he should be with how on fire he's been even all – you can trace it all the way back to speed week at Golden Isles. Uh, he's just been great, but – uh, we're excited to see a lot of great racing coming up this weekend. If you're in the area, uh, go to go to Lernerville Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, you'll see us and come crack a beer open with us for a little while, chill out. Yeah, check the weather before you come. Uh, Jim Jim Cantor Dune, which will be on site. <laughs> we need a video of me and a poncho. Uh, if it uh, ends up raining out somewhere, we'll probably be at a bar or something. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy some racing this weekend. If it's not uh, Leonardville or if you're just staying at home, you can watch it on Flow. There's plenty of other racing hey, to watch. Big weekend for racing. What was that? A big weekend for racing. We got the high big max. Starting. Yep, 250 grade, uh, 250k out to win at Houston's. Uh, all my local series are running, uh, except Ultimate Clash, SCDRA, and Carolina Sprint Tour. All the tracks are running. Uh, go find yeah, something to go watch. watch this weekend. Yeah, no, you, you won't be too bored even if you gotta stay at home. But uh, thanks for coming on to this, and I'll see you in a couple thanks days. For me. Yes, sir.